0: Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of. One that we constantly treasure. Hire! booty our goal is simple share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks just like you Ah, uh, achievement unlocked so if you crave pixel goodness memorable moments and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance you've come to the right place let's do this welcome to joygasm
1: <laughs> ah yeah. yes
0: This is Russ, Xbox Live, Gamer Handle, Toaster360, and I'm joined by my brother, Steve. What up? What is your Xbox Live Gamer Tag, Steve? Steveavich. Oh, the one and only. I have to give you guys an update regarding my name as I realized I have not done this before. But if you're searching for me, the O in Toaster is actually the numerical zero. So it's T-0-A-S-T-E-R and then the numerical 360, Toaster360. 360. So... Hopefully someone who already has toaster 360 in the classical sense is not being barraged by people either wanting to play with them or just absolutely hating them. It we'll you know, hopefully we'll just we'll be able to fix that right away. Um So how are you doing, Steve? Doing good,
1: Russ. Doing real good. Oh. Have you had a nice week, Steve? I had a productive week. Um but I'm uh, well rested and uh, here. Good to be here. Mm. You look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, Steve. Bushy-tailed indeed. Or is it just bushy? Just bushy. Mm. More bushy than tailed. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some fun announcements regarding Joygasm. Uh, we are going to be having more of a presence on social media. I've been kind of going through and getting that all set up. And so on Twitter, you can find us at Joygasm TV. On Facebook, you can find us at just facebook.com slash joygasm. And then on YouTube, we are also on there as Joygasm, although it's a little harder to find us on YouTube just because they have some some requirements in place. So um, I think you have to have like at least 100 subscribers and you have to have
1: had the channel active for at least 30 days. So we,
0: once we get all those two, those two filters, then we'll be right as rain.
1: And I think on Facebook, at least I was looking for our page the other day and uh, your wife had to point out to me, Mm. That when you, wife when you put when you search for joygasm you actually have to scroll over and select pages or else it won't populate in the search field. It won't no joygasm won't be there unless you scroll over and hit pages, and then it pops up.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Okay, that's that's interesting. I know that um one of the the fun little happy mistakes or not some really happy mistakes, but kind of a side thing that that's occurred is um. We haven't really formally announced that we have these pages up, but mm-hmm. due to the, the friends who already exist in, in our feeds and whatnot, the page has slowly been kind of trickling out. And so as a result, we've had uh, a few of our good friends actually automatically just start locking the page, which is great. Big thank you is in order for that. Thank y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the main event as we should not delay it any longer. Mm. Steve and I just got back from watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Mm. So literally
1: just got back. Yeah, like we're at the theater I and then drove straight home. Mm-hmm.
0: We we're just we're just really excited to be able to do this podcast while everything is just fresh in our minds. I think we're still in the in the process of processing. How about that? Pop. <laughs> 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 so we are going to do two versions of this podcast um, just because we really want to be able to talk about what we just saw, but we also want to be sensitive to those who haven't seen it yet. So when you look at the episodes, you're going to see an episode three and an episode three B and in capital letters, I'm going to put on there. One's going to say spoiler alert, and the other one is going to say no spoilers. So that way, you know, whichever option you choose, you know, hopefully, um, there, there'll be something there to your liking, but we just figured that way we'll be able to kind of get it out while we're all excited about it. So right now we're going to give you a moment to check which episode you've downloaded and are listening to just check that title and make sure it's the one that you want. Go ahead and check right now. Okay. 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 <laughs> and break. <laughs> so, here we go. We are going to. I say, let's start off with just our high level
1: reaction to the movie. No spoilers. So, so this, that's this, going to be kind of difficult. But I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying it's going to s- be difficult. Catch me if I start kind of trailing Oh, off. oh, I'm going to catch you, and then I'm going to drop you. No, that's right.
0: So, yeah, let's just try and keep it high level. Uh, let's start off with okay. Did you like the movie, Steve?
1: I did. I did like the movie. Um, I would say, and it's always the case where when you have the sequel to the first movie, Mm -hmm. that it's always not as good as the first movie. And, I mean, while that is still the case, this is a very good sequel to the first movie. This is a great Mm follow-up. It had all the magic of of the first movie. Um, and you know what? It was it was great to see people of all ages in the theater too. It's like the movie had something to um, uh, to somebody's liking, to everybody's liking. Mm-hmm. You know, Um what would you think, Russ?
0: I thought it was great. I, I I have to preface this with talking about the first time I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, and I actually did a um, a written blog post on this a while ago, but. I've never read the comic book. I don't think you have either. No, I didn't know Guardians of the Galaxy existed. And so when I saw the movie for the first time, I remember thinking to myself, wow, like Disney and Marvel are really taking a, a risk with this because it's, it's not a known IP such as the Avengers or um, Spider-Man, something to that, to that effect. It's just it's like this unknown comic book. And so I went into it with, with pretty low expectations. And then was completely blown away when I went in there, I just watching the film and falling in love with all of these characters and the storyline, the script, everything. Um, I just walked out thinking, oh, my gosh, like this is this is really high up on my list. I really do love this film. And so it's interesting to look at it now with the sequel coming out, because now I have flip flopped where my expectations are super high going in because the first one was so great. And I'm really, really happy to say that I would say uh, that for the most part, it was it was a great film. Like I, I really did enjoy just about everything about it. Um, the I, I love I love the fact that there were new characters that were introduced into the world of Guardians of the Galaxy that were not like throwaway characters. What was kind of what I talk about. I feel like that's one of the things with um, Michael Bay's Transformers movies is that. He just he introduces these characters um these different autobots or decepticons, but he kills them off so quickly and everything else it's like you just re- don't really have the chance to really um appreciate the character. Yeah, appreciate the character, bond with the character, that sort of thing whereas in in this one um there there are just all these characters that come up and and they're not throwaway like that you actually want to know more about them um, and so that that was definitely super cool as well. Music, the soundtrack was still great um had some some poignant moments in the, in the soundtrack which i liked also just the the selection of music i think the selection of music uh was a nice i guess continuation from the first film right um i feel like like there was a lot of good selections made um that kind of i don't know it, it worked well for the tone of the film right just like in the in the as as in the first film, the first film had um, certain song selections from the the late seventies and 80s and like early eighties, I guess you could say. Uh, but but the, the 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 types of songs that were selected were very fitting for the exposition. Whereas the second one, you know, you have a bit more storytelling going on since the exposition has been set and we're, we're kind of seeing what else is going on. But I just I found myself really enjoying the world of
1: Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. I I had similar uh, feelings with the first movie where I went into it thinking similar thoughts. Um, I forgot who I went with, but I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see it at all. And many of my friends said, no, I I know the title sounds corny and I know it looks kind of Awkward, kind of odd, and a little bit funny, but you gotta see it. And it was unanimous between my male friends and my female friends. Uh, And so I saw it with, like you said, very low expectations. All right, fine, I'll go, good grief. and it was blown away by the movie. It was it was great entertainment and uh, hit me in the feels. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I couldn't wait to see the second movie. Um, and I already knew after seeing the first movie that I wanted to go to the theater and see it. I just didn't want to wait for it to go to DVD. Um, and uh, so when this came out, number one, the preview was was everything that uh, lived up to the movie. I know sometimes the previews go, oh, isn't this movie great? And then you watch the movie and then the movie kind of falls short. But this one um, across the board uh, with the music and the continued story and just the cast, they, they've cast everybody so well.
0: They, I, Yeah, they yeah, do.
1: Um, I don't want to go too much into the character scene on this episode, um, but for the large part, uh, the the main Characters uh, are, are, are just cast. Everybody plays their part very, very well. Uh, they just owned it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, I, th- I think that is one of the biggest things is when it comes to the the casting. The casting is so huge for any film. And to your point, I mean, absolutely. They even all the newcomers that came in. I just I felt like they fit. Like they just really did fit their roles well. And that and that to me. You know when you think of Guardians of the Galaxy's visual style, it's really kind of silly. I mean, you have just these real rainbow bright colored palettes going on and that sort of thing. and and um, I think the saving grace for a film like this really is the the story. And the actors that can bring these characters to life like like just the the, the quality of the the casting itself like what you just said um, I think that's that's really what what brings it together and their ability to be able to, to bring the screen the screenplay to life is just I think if you were to have certain other folks that that were placed in those roles I don't think the film would be what it is I think they've done a really nice job of,
1: of curating those actors you know what they've <clears throat> excuse me, they've also done a nice job with is uh, integrating computer graphics with live characters, mm-hmm. which has always been a difficult thing in the past because, I mean, I'm not a producer and director or special effects artist, but you basically have to tell somebody live, this is what's going to happen. Act as if this imaginative character was right in front of you. And though they try their best, they you could see it in their face as if, they they know they're not speaking to anybody in front of them. Right, and the character is just animated right there. Mm-hmm. But in this one, I mean, it just seemed like the the two worlds blended, where the CG and the live characters they did a better job of of emotions and expressive uh, expressions on their face, um, and treating the, the scenes as if it was all one world.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I find myself. Uh have that same kind of reaction where just, you know, Rocket Raccoon or, you know, B- Baby Groot and all the other characters were great. I have to say I I enjoyed the uh, the new logo animation that Marvel Studios had yeah, at the I beginning. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was like they, they've, you know, I still, just about all of the, the logo treatments that they've done with regards to the animations before the films begin, they've all been really cool. I, I, I liked how when they, they had their start kind of having the comic book flipping motif going and, and then they slowly started bringing 3d into that. And now it's kind of like they've gone into a full embrace of just showing the, the family of actors who portray these different characters into uh, the, the, the logo itself. So that, that's, that's really cool. I, I think uh, people will get a nice, uh, response from that so the other thing too was the uh, I'm trying to think of how I can say this without going into too much detail (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to slap you if you do (laughs) Um, yeah I'll I'll hold off on that until we do the the, I was amped to hear it and then you took it away
1: from me I just like to tease you
0: Um, what else is there I'm trying to think of things that I can say for the spoiler-free version. I mean, oh, one of the things I can say is make sure you guys stay till the end of the film because there are several Easter eggs that are going right. on. You know, Marvel's known for that. This is nothing new. Like more,
1: more so than usual.
0: More so than usual, yeah. We won't talk about what you see in there, but just make sure you guys stay, till, I mean, literally to the very last part because I think they had like four or five Uh, kind of like easter egg moments at the end i mean it it was really cool how they just kind of gave you just a huge
1: helping yeah well yeah i think also too when any movie when the the credits start to roll that's when people start to exit the theater Mm -hmm. and no one really cares about the credits and personally i don't you know really want to care about the credits i don't want to i'd rather get out and, and the traffic, you know, and go home or something, then sit in right. the theater and watch a bunch of words and names go on screen. Yeah. But in this one, um, you could to enjoy the music. Mm-hmm. The music's great. And they give you these Easter eggs, too. So it's a time to sit and reflect on the movie and enjoy the, 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 the finishing off of mm-hmm. the film. Yep. And um, uh, to me, it was just enjoying. That doesn't happen in many films. Right. Yeah.
0: No, it was really cool. The, and also the the audience that we were with were fun. I mean, you had a lot of participation from the, the audience in a way that I always enjoy. I, I'm, I'm kind of the personal of the personal opinion that a large portion of the, the experience going to the theater is having a really cool audience to do it with. You know, be able to laugh together, cry together, react, gasp together, that right. sort of thing. I mean, it really does add a little bit of the uh, a bonus, if you will, to the whole the whole thing you know as opposed to cell phones going off and babies right, crying and people right. bringing in like some sort of strongly scented food yeah. and that sort of thing you're just like what
1: the yeah, what are you doing yeah yeah this so it's affecting everybody
0: um and actually the the film itself had several great moments i mean just just the uh, kind of the, the the broad spectrum of emotion was kind of played with throughout the the film right. and and that's not necessarily anything new because they did that in the first film too. Like you, you had a lot of humor through it and then they had touching moments and then parts of just kind of the, these um, kind of uh, plot twists or plot surprise kind of things. And so that was, that was
1: really good. So um, I found myself being the only one laughing at you know, a couple of the scenes where I thought, I, I hope I'm not, th- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sometimes I can laugh a little bit loud and I hope <laughs> I didn't just ruin it for everybody. But um There were some scenes I just thought were hilarious, and I was bursting out laughing. I thought, okay, um, I guess I'll shut up now, or I'll laugh in my sleeve because no one else is
0: laughing. Well, I think that people in the theater actually took turns doing that because there were two guys sitting next to me, and I mean, they were—you could tell these these guys were were big Guardian fans. But they were just having a blast. I mean, right. you know, they they just were laughing at things and just having little talks and stuff to themselves briefly on, on what was going on on the screen and, you know, how it relates to the comic book and stuff. But, yeah, there were times like that where, like, there would be something that, that you'd hear, like, this, like, just boisterous laughter coming from somewhere in the theater. But then at the same time, you'd also have other moments in the film where, like, the entire theater just started laughing. Right. You know, or you could hear little sniffles here and there and that sort of thing and... Um, so yeah, I would I I think it's it's safe to say that we both recommend, if you haven't seen the film, definitely go out and check it out. It's another
1: Marvel masterpiece. Indeed. So there was, um, one time where the guy sitting behind me had the worst breath. Ooh. I'm telling you, think of after cigarette. Are you
0: sure it was his breath?
1: Oh, Steve? no, it, it was after, after cigarette popcorn. Mm. And coffee, my my, blend that up and then go. <laughs> 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 ah! And I was like engulfed the whole movie. I, I, I had to like <laughs> lean forward to trust, try and and distance myself from the guy's breath behind me, like clouding my head. You know, in a weird way, though,
0: I bet that kind of almost acted as like a (laughs) smell-o-vision quality for you, because there are several scenes in the film where, like, I'm sure that some of those planets may have had that kind of aroma.
1: Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. I hope it's better.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, okay, we've gotten through the spoiler-free portion, so now here is the moment of spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, spoiler Can Can I please get an alert sound? No, that's the police. <laughs> okay, we'll uh we'll go with that one. That's
1: <laughs> all I can think of. I'm sorry.
0: Uh-huh. Well. Uh so yeah, let's let's dive into it. So here we go. Once again, this is the spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We're gonna go into details of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Steve! Yes. What did you think about the film's opening sequence?
1: Um what in general what, what what specifically?
0: Well just the reaction, just just um here, I'll 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 kick off with it because it's it's something that's at the fore forefront of my mind. Anyway, I really enjoyed how they opened this film. I I was really curious because Guardians of the Galaxy had such a signature style to it, and I wanted to see. Obviously, when a sequel comes out, they got it. You know, it's the obligatory bigger, better, right? Just more uh, panache, if you will. And I really did like. How they had like the opening credits with Groot just kinda dancing around yeah, with right, the right, shallow okay, depth of field yeah, and right. and just, it's just this like huge space monster thing that right. the rest of the Guardians are fighting around and just the whole thing was so well done. Like like it just it really set the tone once again, like, oh hey, welcome back to Guardians of the Galaxy. We missed you guys, you're in for a treat kind yeah. of thing. I mean, the whole thing was
1: just it's going to be exciting, but we're not going to lose the fun and the excited.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I really like that. And Groot was just so freaking adorable throughout the whole... I mean, you obviously you got little teases of that in, right. in the trailer and that sort of thing. But and, just,
1: and the end of the first movie.
0: I actually had a bit of a, a concern about that because I thought that they would overdo it or they would do it in a way that where I just got kind of tired of it. Right. But I really didn't. I actually really liked... I mean, every time he was up there, it was just a lot of fun. So... That, I thought, was super cool. Uh, did you did you have anything about, about the intro that you liked?
1: I'm glad they placed the speakers in a very coordinated area where the monster was going to slap them off. You know, yeah. I, 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 knew, I figured that was going to happen at some point. Uh-huh. Um, but the whole time when the, the tentacles and the arms were blah, 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 blah all over the place, I'm thinking, wow! Good thing they put it there and not, like, an inch to the right or an inch to the left. Good thing they're not playing CDs, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have the track skipping all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, that was really cool. The Monster was fun, too, and just, I don't know, I liked kind of getting reintroduced to all the characters in their own way. They kind of had their own little moment in the spotlight doing stuff. And that was just, I found myself just kind of grinning in in that kind of, oh, there's Gamora again. Oh, there's Rocket Raccoon. Oh, there's Star-Lord, you know, that sort of thing. So I thought that was a really cool way to kick it off. What I thought was interesting about the story overall was that it was
1: actually a pretty simple story it was all raccoon's fault basically <laughs> let's be real it was all raccoon's fault well raccoon
0: certainly had he he was he was the acting vehicle for mm-hmm. for the plot right. definitely but what i thought was interesting was that at its core it was it was a very simple like intimate story as opposed to like a movie that would you know you're 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 flying across the galaxy and you're doing all these different things and it's just this huge thing. Really it really focused on Star-Lord and him meeting his dad. Right. I mean if you think about it that was based I mean that that was kind of the the central pillar if you will. And then of course you had like the other characters um, kind of acting as support for around that um but yeah, I I liked how they continued. You know, they have this reoccurring theme
1: of of family in Guardians of the Galaxy right. that I really enjoy. <clears throat> well, I think that's a developing theme um, that I've started to see in movies, too. You see it in the entire Fast and Furious um, where you have a, this gaggle of people all together and, you know, Toretto and uh, his sister are family. But, yeah, this gaggle of people who come from different backgrounds, but all they have is each other and they all refer to each other as family um and i look at life and i i see a lot of also friends who are very very close who also call themselves family um and i think that maybe perhaps it's just because a lot of folks come from maybe disturbed or uh backgrounds um to where they can call someone else who they're not related to family more so than their than their own blood relative. Mm-hmm. Um but again that that's that's also reassuring that uh that uh in life you can find someone so close uh to trust and and uh view as a family member.
0: hmm Yeah, no, it was uh It was fascinating to, to watch. I, I really did like seeing I I was glad that they they continued where they there was definitely a feeling of continuing where the last film left off and I always like that you know I like that in Lord of the Rings like um, and in fact Lord of the Rings was even more so where like they just took that moment with Gandalf uh, facing off against the Balrog right and then we're just <clears throat> you know picked right up we're swept off our feet and go you know right back into what's going on with this whole thing um what did you think of Kurt Russell as Star Lord's dad how did you think he did.
1: Uh, I, I do like Kurt Russell, um, but at the same time, I don't know if he was... Pro- I, and We just got through saying everyone was a really great cast, I, I, but I thought maybe somebody different for Star-Lord's father would have been better. Um, Kurt Russell has a lot of mannerisms that he does in every single film to me. Yeah, that is true. And a lot of expressions and I mean, he did pull it off, but at the same time he he, it just seemed like he was flung in there without grasping the role. Mm -hmm. That's to me. Yeah. Uh, That being said, I don't know who I would pick to replace him, but I went back
0: and forth with that. I, I know what you're saying because Kurt Russell does have certain I, – I, a lot of actors do. They kind of have their signature nuances that they do uh, with the characters and that sort of thing. I liked him in the film. I thought it was good. I thought um, he – I actually – I really liked where they took it, like – I think it would have been boring had they just like, Oh, here's just, here's his father. And they're now their buddy, buddy and everything else. I just, I felt like that, that would just would have lost my interest. But overall, I'm just, I'm really glad with the, the character arc that they chose for Kurt, for Russell's character ego, which again, I mean, that kind of plays into it too. Where like, here you have a character by the name of ego. Who's like this giant celestial brain that lives in the core of a planet. Right. you know if you think of it just like that it sounds really corny it sounds really kind of ridiculous and just like who's writing this you know but once again i think the way that that the screenplay was written and the actors that carried out the lines and the performances i find myself going yeah there's a giant brain that has like rainbow bright colors <laughs> pulsing from it, and it somehow lives in the core of this planet, and has you know all these different things. Like, I I really appreciated how I went from like, oh, it's Star Lord's dad at the beginning of when we first meet him to just like, dude, get me away from this this twisted creature, you know, <laughs> this twisted right. being. And I liked how they they made it. It was like it was these very. Subtle, like like little nuggets that they would they would just drop in front of you. Like it wouldn't. They didn't like speed. Like speed. They didn't speed food us. (laughs) They didn't spoon feed us. Um, The fact that oh he you know he's he's a bad guy. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's doing things that are that are awful and whatnot. I liked just how you had to really pay attention to the way the lines were delivered and what was being said, and it just it kind of it kept stirring with my gut where I'm just like wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, he just cuz that could been that could have been interpreted what? Right. And, you know, and I think the um the biggest one of those biggest moments of the movie for me was when he just kind of let out of the bag that he placed the tumor inside Star yeah. Wars mom. I mean, he, that I yeah. I even yelled out. I was like, "Oh, no." Like just like I w- I was shocked. I mean, that that was that was such a great moment in the film where I'm just like, Oh, he's, he needs to go. Yeah. Like, like that is messed up. And, it, and I absolutely loved how there was no like verbal response or, or, or moment where like the camera is focusing on star Lord's reaction. I mean, it's literally like he just pulls out those pulse guns and just starts just blasting away. Yeah,
1: I think uh, the character was, uh, was trying to seduce star Lord with all the power and because he was so seduced by his power mm-hmm. that he thought he had Star Lord by the grasp. And, um, he the just, gonads. The gonads. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, he, they even animated that in his eyes. I mean, he was just so fixed on the galaxy oh, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, his powers that he could do, just, you know, newly discovered abilities. Um, but, uh, the, the reoccurring theme was, uh, the reason why he's in this spot. For all his life that he's known is that in the first movie, when his mom dies, he can't handle the, the emotions being a little kid and he runs outside. And that's when he gets abducted by right aliens or so we think. That's um, when well, so Yondo got him. Right. That, that's when, correct. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you haven't seen the film before, you're like, Oh man, he's getting, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> beam me up to the starship. Yeah. Right. Uh, so all his life, he's been going, you know, my mother was taken from me and uh, doesn't have a clue about his dad. And, so you carry that emotion and that, uh, that grudge, I guess, in a sense, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for 30-something years. And then when he appears uh, in front of you, and, uh, or when your supposed father appears in front of you and just says, yeah, I put a tumor on your mom to kill her. And that's, let me just pause right there. Because at some point, I was kind of enveloped in the whole scene. Mm-hmm. And I think I missed some lines or some script of why he was going back and forth from Earth. Because he said he was, he, was, he left and, and returned three times. I don't understand why he had to kill his mother off. I know she was immortal and he wasn't, but I didn't understand they...
0: Well, I think what he was talking about was how he he was admitting that he was falling in love with Star-Lord's mom and he he couldn't do that like that was he knew if he would um come back a fourth time that he would just stay there and not pursue the the this this higher purpose as, as far as he saw it you know he he was all about trying to expand and and put these different places uh along the the universe that that would ultimately grant him more power
1: so he, his excuse was basically. To, he had to kill her. He had to kill her in order for not to, for him not to have reason to come back. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> Which
0: is, I mean, that is twisted. I mean, you think about it like, like here's someone who identifies the fact that, hey, I'm falling in love with this person. Right. And that's something that everybody can identify with and yearn for. Everybody looks for true love, right? I mean, that's something that like, I mean, there are people who unfortunately may not never find that in their lives and there are some people who do find that and that's just such a a special thing for lack of a better way of saying i mean it's just it's something that that that's one of the the greatest pursuits in life is finding your mate and so for him to be able to just acknowledge that and say hey i'm not even human I, but i found this this species known as a human and I found myself falling in love with her, and I knew that if I came back a fourth time, I would just forego my delusions of grandeur and just be with this person. So I ended up killing her, basically. <laughs> I mean, so you gotta go. Yeah, I mean that that was just huge. I, was, I just I really liked how they did that because it was just it was so twisted, it was so messed up, and it just went from it went from like this kind of scales. You know, you know, like when you first meet somebody, it doesn't matter who it is, but you're meeting somebody, and there's almost like like this like metaphorical scale where it's like, are they cool or are they not cool? Right. And, and you know, based on what, what they're saying or how they treat you or the stories you've heard, you know, it kind of – it goes back and forth, back and forth, and then pretty soon, you know, like there will be more weight on one side than the other, and so with – with ego, it was like, ah, you know, he seems like he'd be a nice guy. I mean, he's he, obviously he's his dad. Whoa, no, yeah. no, 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 no! You are you a bad man, very bad. So, uh, definitely, re- just just that that was one of the the biggest moments there. That was probably worth the price of admission, right there. It Was like, was that part there? It Was just ah uh, deliciously twisted.
1: Yeah, kind of. Uh, I think it was also. <clears throat> sends a message of uh, guard your heart or or guard who you're vulnerable with mm-hmm. because it wasn't a whole lot of time that elapsed once they arrived at Ego's planet, right? Mm-hmm. Like they got there and they conversed a bit, and but pretty much right off the ship, he was like, I made this planet and i made you and you're immortal and let's try to do something with your powers and play ball mm-hmm. and um yeah i thought that part was a little <laughs> corny like there's just the whole like hey, let's let's play catch with yeah dad. Oh, well, dear I, old dad yeah they they i i think also uh it was supposed to be funny yeah i mean out of everything he makes and he and he jests at that later on in the movie like I the first thing i made was a ball he's like that's what you made <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you're yeah. stupid um, yeah. So I think they, they did mean that to be funny. Um, right. <laughs>
0: but... Yeah. And then also, too, just being able to explore just the, the whole concept of family. What is family? And I think that you touched upon this a little bit earlier about how that may not necessarily be limited to just blood relatives. Like, you have friends that come into your life who sometimes you adopt as your family or some for some folks, it may be you have friends who you're closer with than some of your own family members. I mean, that's just a a reality. And I liked how they explored um, really two different avenues with that. I did like how, you know, the guardians themselves are a family. And I liked kind of the, the strain that was placed on the relationship of that because they wanted to give star Lord, the opportunity to be able to meet his father, bond with his father, that kind of thing, because it's just, you know, it's, it's, if this guy is his dad, you know, it's it's a very gracious thing for the team to be able to do. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. I thought we were your family. Right. And and so there's, there's that whole, um, part of it. And then the second part of it, which is one of my other, probably one one of my favorite parts of the film is, um, is his name Yano. I keep thinking,
1: uh, sounds about right. Wait, hold on. <clears throat> I can I can M dib it. There you
0: go. It was the the blue skin guy.
1: Uh, I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yandu with a D.
0: Yondu, Thank you. Um, one of my one of my other favorite parts of the entire film was toward the end when he. He saved Star-Lord, and he said this line. Dude, I start getting all misty-eyed in the theater, dude. Yeah,
1: I was going to let it all out, but your wife was sitting right next to me, and I'm thinking, I cannot start, you know, crying. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> I mean, just the fact that, like, first of all, I didn't know. They did a, a fantastic job of not really making it predictable at all, like how they were all going to get off this this planet alive. Like I, I really, I mean, I kept watching and thinking, okay, there's gotta be something, something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And when you see Yondo emerge from that huge, you know, kind of like planet plume explosion thing with star Lord and he sacrifices himself. And that line where he says, ego may be your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Right. I was just like, Oh, exactly. give gonna- me gonna- gonna- <laughs> yep. You know, like, like it was just man. And, 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 um, Oh, what's his name? What's the actor's name?
1: Right here. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you have it up. Let's see if we can find it here.
0: I got, I got to make sure I give, I give him proper, uh, acknowledgement. Michael Rooker. That's right. Um, I felt like he really just, he delivered that perfectly. And even Chris Pratt, like just his reaction to it. I mean, you, you got a glimpse of that kind of 10 year old boy in him again. And he had this realization of just the fact that Yondu was his kind of like his, his rearing parent. Right.
1: And I, and I did like, uh, the behind the scenes where it showed, uh, Yondu, uh, giving, uh, Star-Lord all these little life experiences. Um, you know, he learned to fly a ship when he was ten. Right. He said, "I mean, he learned to shoot. Right? Um, I mean, all these things that a dad would do to his son. I mean, drive a car for the first time. That's something you do with your dad, typically. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna target shoot, that's something you're gonna do with your dad. You know, he didn't play ball, but um, other stuff, other life experiences to mature Star Lord from being a ten year old boy into being a thirty something year old man.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was." just super well done. And I thought it was like a really nice send off to the character. Like, like just some, you know, going back to the whole, you know, if you, if you kill off a character too soon, or if you hang on to a character for too long, you have to find just that perfect moment of where a a character's journey has been completed. And even if that means that, that 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 that's a sorrowful goodbye, then so be it that that's what, it can call for, and it has, like, a really great moment of the whole thing. Plus the fact that, like, you know, with his character arc, in the first film, I thought of him as kind of being this kind of douchebag, despicable, you know, type of character. And by the end of this one, I'm like, dude, you're my hero, dude. Like, what
1: what a cool character. I just think they killed him off too soon. Oh, you do? I do, because... We we find out how strong of a character he is. He was strong in the first one, but in this one it just goes further. And we find out that Star Lord is a celestial, and now he has all these abilities. And he harnessed them in fighting, you know, his dad in the end. Mm-hmm. And and then we see uh, Yondu give Star Lord uh, that little molecular space uh, space suit mm-hmm. so that he could breathe in right. outer space. And I'm thinking, okay, you just found out you were a celestial and you were bonding rocks to make a big Pac-Man and you were doing this and doing that. Which I was
0: mean, freaking awesome. I know, actually thought I about our
1: first, I, was,
0: I, was, <laughs> I hate to like totally like, you know, T-bone what you're saying, right. but like Bone. it <laughs> It totally brought me back to like our story that we told everybody about how our first video game was Pac-Man. Right. you just seen that huge yeah, yeah, Pac-Man. Yeah. I was like, yes.
1: Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> they made that for us. Yeah. no,
0: <gasps> I think they listen
1: to Joy um, so, but, but here they are, uh, Star-Lord's life has just been spared and all of a sudden now he can't get the space suit off, off of him. Like, how is he supposed to get off in the first place? Number one. And number two, if he's, a, if, if he's celestial and he can formulate stuff, which he could, why can't he formulate some sort of mask or shield over Yondu to spare him? I mean, maybe it was just emotional panic crisis time, but yeah.
0: Well, and to be fair, I mean he did only make a ball.
1: Well, no, I, he made the he made Pac Man. He he, I like, bonded all okay, his blocks yeah, together. He I mean, yeah. made like he had this big fist, and he was yeah. pounding his. You know, ego. although okay, so
0: for the sake of debate, mm-hmm. those were kind of more crude objects that he could like combine together. I mean, like I don't think, I mean if if I were to. Step on my nerd hat here for a moment, Steve. I think that he wouldn't understand. You know, devising some sort of, let's say, for instance, like he could he created out of nothing uh, another one of those devices that allowed uh, Michael Rooker to be able to to survive and stuff. You know, Yondu, Yondu, Yondu. Thank you, Yondu. I think that. It's just it's a it's a sophisticated piece of technology, and you would probably have to know all the ins and outs of like all the components. You know, you couldn't just like look at it from an exterior point of view and be like, oh, well, I'll just stare at this and then it'll it'll function just like the one I have on me. You know, like I think that that there was some some leeway in there for that.
1: No. <laughs> You know, quick, very very quick. Um, one character that I would like to see replaced. Oh, but it's impossible to do so. Impossible. Um, towards the end, when you see a bunch of the pirates, mm-hmm. there is uh, Ving Rames as one of the pirates. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if? And he's passed on, so it's impossible. Michael Clark Duncan was. That pirate. He was from he's in Planet of the Apes. Yeah. He's in The Green Mile. Yeah. He's in Night at the Roxbury. Mm hmm. Perfect. Yeah. The guy's a tank. Yeah. And he, and he loves making movies, especially science fiction movies like this. Yeah, he likes all the comic been, book movies oh, and perfect. sci-fi
0: and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I miss me some some Michael Clark Duncan. Speaking of other types of cameos too, Sylvester Stallone was a big surprise. True. And he d- he kind of reminded me of Judge Dredd in that yeah, outfit.
1: Yeah, I was trying to, to put my finger on it. I'm thinking that, that costume looks familiar, and he's done some sci-fi. What is that? It was a while ago. I don't remember, but who cares? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I um, I liked it. I thought it was fine. It didn't bother me one way or the other. I'm glad that he didn't have more screen time than he had. I felt right. like that was the perfect amount, if, I right. think, if, if they were to just try and— lavish him with all this additional screen time, it would have been pandering and it's just no. You yeah. know, and, and that's actually one of the other positives about this film that I really like is that you actually have like a lot of great actors mm-hmm. who are part of this film. Even if like the the roles themselves are really quick. Right. Um I just I I like I like the fact that it speaks to how comic book movies are officially mainstream. Right. That it's no longer this uh kind of socially awkward backroom concept. It's actually like wow, like like no, everybody here loves comic books and
1: everybody here loves comic book movies. It's just yeah, it it's a big win I I feel like. And science fiction can be very very fun. It doesn't have to be oh, yeah. something nerdy and geeky and star trekky, you know, all about that. It could be something that's filled with everyday music and family connections, life experiences. Yeah. And also, I mean, there's an element... Two movies where you can tell the actors are having a very, very good time making the film and they're into it, versus like, oh, I'm, I'm really trying to get this Oscar through this title. You right. Know? Yeah. And it just seemed like everybody was having a great time acting in this film. Sure. Yeah. And that I that, that was infectious to me. I enjoyed watching everybody act and all the lines. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, you're touching me. I had I have to stop you before you said anything. Else. I, was, I was about to go, Here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to the family thing for a second. Okay. I think the film also showed that you could have disagreements, big disagreements with people that you love and your family members. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You can still love that person even though you disagree with them or you might have a grudge with them. You don't sever the relationship. You get through it. You put on your big boy or big girl pants Mm -hmm. and you grow from it. Yeah. You don't let it hinder you. The, the 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 growth of that of that bond or that relationship, mm-hmm. and you saw a lot of disagreements between the characters Rocket and um, Star Lord, and you saw it with um, uh, Drax and mm-hmm. the the new the new character, the uh, one I'm, that could uh the, the, tell feeling. I Correct. don't know
0: what was her. Let me see.
1: Um, I mean, she was she was obviously attracted to him, and he was to her, but he was still bearing this. Very deep sorrow for his deceased wife and family and felt he couldn't get past it. But at the end, you know, he dropped his guard. I have no idea what that character's name is.
0: Right. Um, I'm searching IMDb and I I don't see it, but we can just call her the yeah. touchy-feely alien. <laughs> the antennae. Yeah. Um, well, I think even Drax had a line in the film. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of how that's what family does. Like right. they shout at each other.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting to hear him say that because throughout the rest of the movie, he's just this kind of bungling strong guy. Um, I love Drax. <laughs> I, I, I know I love Drax too, but he's he's somebody who's who's kind of tying together these oxymorons in a way and you're yeah going, this guy is just i mean he i'm glad he's a strong you know beefy character but yeah. he he doesn't have much intelligence obviously and he's the one to draw everybody close in the end and make that connection that no one else see yeah or saw
0: well then dave bautista did such a great job just delivering those lines and that's yeah. that's actually pretty hard to do if you think about it like if you look like if you kind of study how he's going about it i mean that's difficult to pull off and have it be funny and i think he just he does he just nails each line it's just so great like it, it could almost go into cliche or corny or stupid and then like there's like the punch part of it and you're like oh that was great yeah so another uh concept of, of it that i thought was interesting was the relationship between uh oh i forgot the names again what is this
1: uh, there's a lot of oh, names to remember.
0: Nebula and uh um, Oh
1: yeah, there you go. Gamora.
0: Gamora, Gamora and Nebula. Yeah. What did you think of that whole thing?
1: Uh again, I I I I liked how they were I mean, they were wanting to kill each other. You can't get much more um severed than that. Um
0: a lot of salty
1: wounds. <laughs> but um I mean, I'm I'm glad that with all like the mechanics and um and all the emotion and wanting to slaughter, they were able to bury the uh, laser hatchet, oh. if you will. Um,
0: it was cool. I mean, and once again, it's another exploration of family dynamics. Right. I mean that—that that was what the whole film was about was just like oh, relationships, Cain and AWOL
1: dynamics. I wouldn't say like general dynamics, Russ.
0: No, no, I mean like like <laughs> when it comes to family, like that—that that was a reoccurring theme, and they explored it in different capacities. Like you had Star Lord with Ego, you had Nebula with um, Gamora, you had uh, Rocket Raccoon with pretty much all of them. I you know, but also with Yondu. Uh, and it was just I just I really like that I like that exploration of like how could certain family relationships be repaired be mm-hmm. mended you know right. and which ones could not which ones are deal breakers right and which ones well, like like what I mentioned earlier may not be blood related like you may be tighter as a result of someone else because of the way they touch your life and that's I mean touch <laughs> grope it's just one of those things that. When you think when you stop to look at the movie as what we saw, that was that was the meat and potatoes of the film. They're really you know, we, we weren't going to all these other worlds. Oh, well, however, I will say I absolutely laughed my buttocks off Uh I when, my glutes off <laughs> <laughs> when um, I, it was it was Rocket Raccoon. Yondu and like Yondu's like first mate or whatever, and like they're trying to get to where Star Lord is, and so Rocket like taps in this thing where they end up like like light speeding toward like yeah. seven hundred planets or whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Their faces were just so distorted, like like just so messed up. They <laughs> just <It was>, like <laughs> looking at each other and like ah! yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah, it was just so good. I just oh. love that, and and, and they kept going back to it. I thought that that's what was great too. Is like it never got old. Like you could have like this really like horrible scene or or something that was sad, and then it just cuts right back to them going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it, you know, and in, in many science fiction uh, space science fiction movies, when you have light speed, you don't know you know how far they're actually traveling they're just going light speed for who knows how long right Right. but you don't know how much of an effect (laughs) that's gonna have on your on your biology (laughs) 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 and so (laughs) i think it's kind of funny they touched on that because yeah okay a couple of jumps yeah no problem we're doing 700 like "This (laughs) this
0: is gonna be different yeah yeah that was good and bradley cooper man he brings Rocket Raccoon to life. life. I mean, yeah. if I was an animator and like, I think it was, it was either ILM or Weta Workshop. I'm not sure which one it was. But if I'm an animator, what a treasure of inspiration that is just to hear his voiceover and just, you're like, dude, I'm going to bring this character to life. This is great. And it's just, just based off of that alone. And also Vin Diesel, too. mean, Vin Diesel and, and Bradley Cooper, you don't see them to My knowledge, anyway, that they don't have any kind of uh, physical presence in the, the film, but I love me some rocket. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's funny.
1: You got any tape? Uh, let me ask around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone's like trying to, you know, fend for their lives. Yeah, nope, no one's got any tape. Oh, I've been there before. Yeah. I'm telling you, uh, past you, jobs.
0: You've been there when uh, you're fighting off some huge celestial freak and you know all the world's going to hell yeah, exactly. in a handbasket and, and then oh, someone some to- tape.
1: <laughs> I need some freaking
0: tape <laughs> yeah yeah which uh actually I don't think I've ever asked you this before which character is your favorite
1: oh mm. uh, uh probably um
0: he's on the verge of having a aneurysm folks
1: I think i i just have to <laughs> 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 a little puff of smoke come out my ear, yeah <laughs> uh I think I would still have to go with star lord uh star lord okay yeah yeah, mainly because of of uh a because of the expressions um uh that he that he has and his emotions towards uh family and to music um how he jokes mm-hmm. um
0: it's really difficult not to like his character.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, he's a, he's definitely a very innocent character. Oh yeah, I mean, he's a pirate, you know, stealing stuff, and he's got his guns and whatever. But he's still very innocent and pure in heart and mind.
0: Very similar. Well, not similar,
1: but like I mean, he's a scoundrel. Oh, you were gonna say? I, I, for a minute there, I was gonna say. I I thought you were gonna say, kind of like you, Steve. I'm like, yes, like me. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> Just like you, Steve. Just like Thank you. Just like you.
0: <laughs> yeah. A bald Star Lord over here.
1: I'm going to be that for Halloween. If Star Ward were, were, were bald, I'm going to grow a little, like, pointed mutton chops right here. I'm going to dye it kind of that strawberry blonde. <laughs> I can pull it off. You can pull it off. Of course, off. A, a short Star Lord. Star Lord nonetheless. Ooh. I would go so far as to say fun-sized Star Lords to you. <laughs> I do like the chemistry between Star Lord and Gamora too. Oh. Just, they just didn't jump right into you know going back and forth and there's obviously something here. I mean they, they did draw it out. And I and I appreciate when they when they draw it out.
0: I'm sorry, Gamora is freaking hot. She is just
1: wow. Even though she's an alien. Even the I date that. Yeah. Oh, oh. I would uh <clears throat> Tap that. Green skin don't matter. No, no, it doesn't. We are uh, color blind in this studio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, she's just, oh, she's hot. And her attitude's hot. She's just hot. She's sharp, everything. And she's, it's it's like she's as sharp as a sword that's right next to her thigh. That, that thigh, that uh, yeah. Nice thigh. Yeah. In
1: the beginning, all she had to do was slice them down the, the middle of that that creature. And then all these bullets and these lasers and stuff are bouncing off the thing. Her, oh, that was cute. <laughs> It's like you were saying like you have a gun now? But that's that's my yeah. thing. It's yeah. Like, swords one. are your thing. Guns are my thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that that's a very uh nerd geek esque thing. I loved it. It was just yeah, that that was good. <clears throat> but yeah, getting back to the fact that Gamora is just I should okay, to be fair, Zoe is hot. I have loved all films that Zoe has been in. I mean just Zoe. She is just gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. And so it's just it's it's real fun to see. But yeah, I liked actually I liked in this film how there was a new kind of thread to her character which was just she was kind of the realist. You know, like like she she never really lost her wits. So you, if you noticed there were different types of distractions going on, but she was always just kind of the one that was the glue for the team just to be able to be like, hey, something's not right. What what is going on here? What's going on there? You know, in a very protective manner.
1: And I thought that was cool. I, I enjoyed that. I I like the the slow dance scene. Yeah. Um I I don't you could you can dance however you want to dance. I'm very old school with dance. And I like if I'm gonna slow dance with a I woman I like to
0: do the no pants dance. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> moving on I like to hold the, the girl when I'm dancing with her and I like that old school dance I bet you don't I don't <laughs> and there's the there's the nonverbal language of the, of closing that that distance even with with your face it, it means different things uh, you're swaying to the music just very slow and it's very it's intimate and it's romantic without going over the top mm-hmm. you know um and the message really did get across because their eyes are saying something, their physical distance is saying something where she has like her hands on his shoulder and in his hand says something. Um, I think it was a just very high chemistry moment between the two of them. Sure. Sure. Some might see it as just a dance and dance was a thing in the movie Yeah, uh, because Chris Pratt was a dancer. Gamora is not a dancer, even though everybody can slow dance. I mean, everybody can.
0: Well, and, yeah, just to your point, dance there there is a lot that is unspoken just like in what the film talked about too you know the film kind of weave that into the screenplay as they're dancing about just what's unsaid and so yeah that that was a a fun endearing moment there um yeah, she's just she's hot i'm sorry i have a clear thoughts Russ. I'm trying I can't all i see is a lot of hot green <clears throat> a lot of Zoe. That's right. Uh, what else is there about the film? I feel like I'm asking you all the questions. you have any questions for me? Rez,
1: I, I'm, I'm here to... I'm, I'm going <laughs> off of what, what you're saying. I brought up plenty of stuff.
0: Oh, oh okay.
1: Excuse me. Um, well, you didn't
0: ask me who my favorite
1: character is. Who's your favorite character, Russ?
0: I have no idea. I think... What's
1: your favorite color, Russ? Why,
0: that, that would be red. <laughs> <laughs> I can answer that one. <laughs> what, what's your favorite color? Blue? Blue. Oh, okay. Um, oh, <laughs> Now that we've established that, I was, back to the movie. I was going to say red and blue make green, but no, it doesn't. <laughs> it makes purple. Um, and then I would, could have gone it. Yeah, anyway, I go back and forth. I love Star Lord. I think Star Lord is just is just great. I think I can um, identify with him the most out of all the characters, just because he is the one human out of all of them. But having said that, Rocket Raccoon. I mean, every time it's just it's just a, a treat to see him on screen. Gamora, those great too. I mean, I I, I'm, I find myself being intrigued by Gamora. Drax also is just. I don't think Drax is the one of the deepest characters. He's definitely one of the more supporting roundout roles of the, the whole thing. But I mean, even having said that, I also liked how they used his character in this film, right. how he bonded yeah. with the touchy feely alien. And as a result was able to find out kind of what nefarious purpose that ego had. And I, I just, yeah, it's difficult to understand. Groot of course is great too.
1: There's so some, There's something to like about all of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I appreciate different qualities and attributes from each one. I don't really have one that's like head and shoulders above the rest. I'm going to look up.
1: I'm going to M-dib Guardians of the Galaxy now that I turned off my phone. <clears throat> I'm going to gonna dib it again, and uh, we're going to find, we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to find the name of the uh, new character.
0: Oh, the touchy-feely alien? Yeah. She did good, too. Like, all of the new characters that they introduced into the team that, was, that they kind of adopted into the Guardians family, like, I'm like, yeah. Mantis? Mantis? Oh, yeah. Dude. That's Mantis? Yeah. Are you sure that's her? That That's the character. Let me see.
1: If I go back. Bam.
0: So that's the character's name is Mantis. Wow. Yeah. Let me see your picture again.
1: Why is it doing that? Go hit it here.
0: Wow, she looks <laughs> way different than how they, she looked in the film. They made her over pretty well. Yeah. Well, she can touchy-feely my feelings every time she wants. <laughs> um, I love that scene, too, by the way. Like, just when, when she uh, put her hands... And they actually did this in the trailer. That th- This speaks highly, too, is the fact that this was shown quite a bit throughout the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 trailers it's still just as funny funny, watching it again I watched that like 20 times I still laugh at it I thought it was just great you know the way that Drax is reacting to and all that it was just
1: oh one thing they didn't show in the movie that they did in the trailer was the scene where uh, Drax says to him about the whole dancing thing they're in they're in the spaceship and they're having that little conversation Drax Asks Star-Lord, do you want to hear my opinion? And Star-Lord says, no, don't want to hear it. Yeah. And then they go forward and he tells them about the whole entire thing. And then and then Star-Lord says, I, "I okay, I said I didn't want to hear your opinion. I guess I'm going to hear it anyway. Sort of yeah. It's just that more awkwardity. Um, so I hope there's a deleted scene in the Blue ray when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure they'll have all kinds of goodies yeah. in there. Yeah. I realize I don't even own the first
0: Guardians. I'm actually a little behind on that because I, I bought, like, the... Marvel comes out with these big collections like where like it's like Phase 1, Phase 2, that sort of thing. I have mm-hmm. Phase 1, um, and I, I'm i really glad that we're talking about this because it totally skipped my mind. I want to get that Collector's Edition right. version where they have, like, all of the Marvel films that have come out for Phase 2. And I can't remember if it's in, like, a Tesseract
1: I I think it's a Tesseract.
0: Is that what it was? I need to look that up. I need to find that because I'd like to buy it before um, they all go away. Well,
1: I think that's – I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy is included in that. I think that's just – You don't think so? I think it's just like the Avenger uh, members' stories. I don't think that's Guardians. So you will have like the Captain America series and and the Thor series and Hulk and then then the Avengers movies. So everything having to do with the Tesseract. Right. Which Guardians, uh, to this point, hasn't touched that. Right. Um oh, at the end, when it shows uh Stan Lee. Yeah. Um when and when he was saying, Let me tell you about that time that I worked for FedEx. Yeah. You know where that's from?
0: No, actually.
1: So over the weekend I rewatched watched uh, Captain America's Civil War. Oh
0: man, that's such a good movie. It's a
1: great movie. And watching it the second time was just as good as the first time. Yeah. yeah. Um but the, the little cameo that he was in that movie is a FedEx guy. And he comes in and says to, uh, Tony Stark, I I got a package for Tony stank uh-huh. stank. And, oh yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And, and then, um, uh, Steve Rogers looks at Tony Stark and says, Oh, I'm never going to let that down in mind. You know, what if we make a reservation at a restaurant for Tony stank? Yeah. You know, he, Stan Lee was dressed as a FedEx guy.
0: And so then do you remember what Stan Lee was saying in Guardians of the Galaxy 2?
1: Yeah. When those people were walking away, he was like, hey, you're my ride. I haven't even told you guys about the story when I worked for FedEx.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's cool. Is And wasn't it fun seeing Stan Lee after meeting him? Like, like seeing him in the film again? <clears throat> yeah. I don't think that we've really talked about that on the show yet. We'll, we'll have to get to that in a, a future episode. But with us going to Dallas comic-con this year. Um, we were able to, to have a photo op with Stan Lee. In fact, I'll post that on, um, uh, the, on Twitter and Facebook for the, for the joygasm pages. Just if you guys are curious, you can check it out, but it was so cool because, you know, we just walk in and there he is sitting there on the chair and, you know, he's, he greets us and with like the typical Stan Lee sound, he's just like, Hey, you fellas. <laughs> and we're just like, Oh my God, just did it. Ah! And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, of course they had bodyguards that were just out of frame and stuff, so we had to really mind our p's and q's. But it was just—it was so cool to like get our our photo taken, and that's something that I know for me, I'm gonna treasure that forever. Yeah. I, in fact, I still need to get a, a frame for that right. picture. I want to be able to hang that up in all of its glory. But I, I thought it was cool to like see him up there again. Like, yeah, we had a chance to meet that guy, <laughs> and he's 94 years old. Yeah. So still with all his wits about him. Yeah, good for him. God bless him. Uh, I'm trying to think of if there are any other. Parts worth mentioning throughout the film that I haven't asked you about.
1: Um, I, I kind of miss that they didn't bring back. Um, I forgot what the old world, uh, their, the name was in the first movie. Um, they had a few of them. Yeah, a few of them, but um, it was where the collector was.
0: Well, his place got thrashed, if you remember.
1: Right, But, I mean, the world still existed because...
0: Yeah, kind of.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. They they didn't make any reference to it. I was hoping for somewhat of a reference. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I think the movie was very imaginative with the the drones and how they had this kind of arcade-style... Uh, sound to them. I mean, it made, reminded me of being at Scandia back home. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, you know that they they totally right. made, made, they meant for that to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought uh, the same thing, like <laughs> like the old school 80s style going to right. you know, an arcade scene and we're like, you know, you could kind of have that smell of like overheated arcade cabinets with like melted buttered popcorn right. mixed with BO, yeah. just like, yeah. you <laughs> know, all those synthesized sounds. Yeah, no, I, I will forever treasure that that particular smell it brings me right back but yeah go ahead
1: uh and I, I like the scenes where um some of the drone operators were uh they had a crowd behind them and like oh yeah okay do this oh do that just like you know totally. when you're playing a game everyone's like okay he's gonna do that Are you can do this watch out for yeah. that guy you know yeah and then when he fails everyone's like man you suck yeah what's yeah. wrong with you and the, the, the despair crawls over the first person's face like man i thought I was doing pretty good there. I mean, you know, give me some credit.
0: I, I found myself almost looking for, like, the row of quarters that you would put up, you know. Where, it's like the unspoken rule yeah. where, like, hey, you know, if you lose, I'm next. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> yeah, that that was really cool, too. There's just a lot of fun moments like that. I mean, I, I think it was just so cool for people like you and I who grew up in the 80s. There are lots of shout-outs, whether it was the music or a fun little inside jokes like that or whatever it is that um, younger folks won't necessarily uh, understand or get. Uh, it's just, yeah, I think we're finally at that age where they're starting to kind of um, have fun with that. And so
1: I think it's also worthy to point out that um, it, imagining all these different spaceships, weapons, worlds, aliens, it's kind of becoming difficult because... Everyone's designed everything already. I mean, wh- where do you go from here? And in the first Guardians movie, I was impressed by the imagination of of everything, um, from uh, the, the the battleships to the little spaceships to weapons and all this thought that went into making this galaxy of Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. And so none of that was lost on the movie. They still brought in brand new stuff, brand new looks to different races. Um, brand new weapons and shields and whatever whatever so kudos for them mm-hmm. I had originally planned on
0: watching the original Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. um, but I just didn't get around to doing that
1: hashtag life yeah yeah
0: <clears throat> how many stars would you give the film out of five stars
1: uh, between a four and a four out of five between a
0: four and a four out of five. Yeah, I I I, I don't know
1: if I would go four or. F-
0: Do you mean four point five four, out of five? Four, excuse
1: me. Yeah, four four point five out of five. Oh, okay. I think. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was, was um, kind of like, what? Between yeah, between four and five. I, um, you know, five would have to be a perfect film, right? Uh, and you know me, just being a very very critical guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, there was some stuff that I think they could have done better, but that's me. Picking at granules of salt, basically, I think. But There
0: was a part in the film that if there was a negative, if I felt there was a weak part, it was just the whole explanation process that Kurt Russell was giving to Chris Pratt. Like like when he was kind of walking in kind of his main palacy area and there were like those weird, almost like museum statue pods. pieces. Like pods, yeah. yeah where like It would come around and it would show. I felt like that was almost... Kind of lazy. I'm going to come out and say it. I thought that was lazy storytelling to, like, do that. I felt like there could have been a better method to visually give us the the necessary storyline for that. I don't know. I just found myself going, uh, yeah, not not feeling it.
1: Yeah, that part. Plus, I I think that uh, it was a little rushed. Mm. Uh, they kind of slapped up to that part of the story a little too quickly, I think. They could have drew it out. I know they have some time constraints. I mean, the movie's a couple hours long, but... um, Yeah, I think it was like two hours and 15 minutes. So they had to take it somewhere, but I, I just think they slapped it together a little too quick. I mean, the guy's father comes in this episode and he leaves this episode, and that's it. So, and we said goodbye to Star Lord's father, and we said goodbye to Yondu and that's that's two big uh, yeah characters that right. are now gone they're mm-hmm. not coming back
0: at least not that we know well, of well not
1: that we know of, but I mean they, it's pretty they, safe to assume it's pretty safe to assume I mean yeah, they might come back, but they you know Yandu is obviously dead it's kind of a rule in Hollywood where if you see somebody die right they're kind of dead yeah um, so
0: I would give it also probably four out of five stars. And just because five stars, like it's Empire Strikes Back is five stars right. to me. Right. Um, You know, even Lord of the Rings Two Towers is five stars to me. So it takes quite a bit to to get up there. I, um, I would say the original Guardians of the Galaxy was 4.5 stars. Yeah. And this one's four stars, which, again, nothing to sneeze at. It's still—I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I had a great time.
1: Right. Now, I mean, four out of five stars for a Hollywood flick um, is definitely a good rating. I mean, I, I want to see it again in the theater. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad movies are coming out quicker and quicker to Blu-ray and DVD, but I, I think it's definitely worthy to see twice in the theater. Right. Yeah. Well, cool.
0: <clears throat> and like I said earlier— if you guys have any kind of comments that you'd like to add to it, uh, please hit us up at, at Joygasm TV on Twitter. Or if you go to facebook.com slash joygasm, you should be able to, to find our, our lovely little logo there and just be able to give us some feedback. We'd love to hear your opinions as well in terms of uh, what you thought of the film. So in addition to our bro date of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I think it is worth mentioning also that in our previous episode that we were talking, we had discovered that you never saw the movie No Country for Old Men.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Um, no Country for Old Men. That's right. Coen Brothers film. Coen Brothers are some of my favorites. Um, you know what? Actually, let's pause it really quick. Hold that thought. The trailer... Uh, before Guardians of the Galaxy, I just I just feel compelled to just mention that really quick. Lots of films coming out that look good. Thor, Ragnarok, real fun. Um, Dunkirk.
1: Dunkirk. Just give it an Oscar now, and let's be done with it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Dunkirk is just amazing. It's the next Christopher Nolan film. I actually I, I get I feel like I get to toot my horn on this a bit. I showed you the first teaser trailer of that film. And you're like, what? Like you were interested in seeing it because I told you it was the next Christopher Nolan film. And I remember after you saw the 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 initial teaser, you were like looking at me like, oh man, that looks yeah. intense. And so now we got another one. Dude, that film. I'm sorry that that looks like yet another masterpiece. Just as far and away, it's another Christopher Nolan masterpiece. It's going to be so great. And I think does it come out this summer,
1: uh, or is that or is that next year? I think it's next year.
0: You know what? Look on your phone. Let's, let's ch- check that out. Anyway. Um, you guys are in for a tra- It's kind of a no-brainer, but you guys are in for a treat in terms of the amount of, of trailers that are coming out. There was Thor. uh there's a trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming. There was a trailer for Dunkirk. <sighs> of course, they showed Star Wars The Last Jedi, but, I mean, a lot of these trailers have already been viewed by by most folks online. This year. So- oh, it is. It's July 21st. Dunkirk comes out. Okay, so, yeah. We are totally going to go see that film. That goes without saying, I am very much looking forward to that. Um, in addition to Pirates of the Caribbean and um, Spider-Man Homecoming, there, there, are, there are a few others that are escaping my mind. So anyway, just had to get that out there. You you guys are going to love the trailer to Dunkirk. Anyway, let's go to No Country for Old Men. So, yeah. In our previous episode, Steve had mentioned he had never seen the film, so... Um, we decided to have yet another bro date and um, had you over to the house to watch the film. So I am going to ask you straight up, what do you think?
1: Well, um, It definitely is a movie that'll stick with you for a couple nights. Um, the villain is another you know crazy guy. But at the same time, he's Javier, Javier, Javier. Um, He's not crazy as in, you know, flailing your arms around and and Joker style crazy, but he's got that mental tweak about him where you look him in the eye and you say the wrong thing. He's not right in the head. And he's not right in the head. Yeah.
0: This is a twisted individual that has principles and ideals that are going to make you dead
1: right um, anyhow so the way they made the film with little to no music was very effective because it kept my attention throughout the whole movie I think sometimes music makes you its so grandiose in a way it makes you lose focus to what they want you to see and they rather have you focus on what to hear Sure, and this you are totally focused on uh, what was happening in front of you? Um, so the lines the characters had, and the sound effects too. A lot, a lot of the sound that was in the movie was was very, very well, mm-hmm. uh, very, very good. But did you like the film? What did you think? Overall? I'm
0: going on with it, Ross. I'm just trying to address it, oh, you know, little oh, by little. little. Okay, just doling it um, out. I see, I see, I see the approach.
1: I, I did like the film. Uh, the time it, it seemed to go by very, very fast. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to see. Scenes out of it in my mind. Uh, I I liked Tommy Lee Jones' character, but he's kind of always the sheriff or the martial law. In it's the Tommy, Lee yeah. Tommy Lee Jones being right. Tommy Lee Jones, and that's just gold. Um, the the the, the Moss, I think his name was Lulette Lulette I don't know. I think his name is uh, or oh, Lowland. Lowland. Lowland Moss. That's what his name. The guy the mustache.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um he i just saw in a recent flick uh sicario you had played a role in sicario i knew i had seen him before um he he was good and i like how they kind of displayed him being like this trailer park lifestyle and you know he had a vietnam background and so he knew how to survive and how to hunt and how to track uh how to how to deal with the hot desert climate um and I, and I liked how he was somewhat stripped of emotion. I mean, he had fear, but he could mentally uh, bury his pain in a way. And so when he saw that guy dying in the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie and the guy's like just gasping for any kind of water, he's like, well, I don't have any and I can't help you. And so I'm just going to keep on looking around here and see what I find and scavenge the area.
0: And his one act of kindness got him into a pickle.
1: And his one act of kindness got him into a pickle yep. and it cost him his life. Yeah. yeah, isn't that just the truth? <laughs> Try to do something nice for you and then, like, you get in a car accident. or so, I mean, isn't that just life? Did you like how raw the
0: film was, like, just in terms of the, the visual storytelling? It was very... Kind of had this uh, stark contrast taking place in the 70s and um, just real unforgiving environment.
1: Yeah, I, I did like that. Um but I think they contrasted the, the environment with the very nice appeal of the residents in the movie. Everybody who was either helping the main character or the villain out in the movie was very kind hearted uh, and just wanted to do something to be nice. But lo and behold, nice deeds ended up caught. I mean, in a way, that's a little bit twisted of a, of a theme. You know, you go out of your way to help somebody to be nice because you're a good human being and then it and you end up getting killed for it or hunted down or, or what have you. Um, I mean, how many times did that happen in the movie? I mean, that's about five times at least. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow. So what did you think of the villain? Yeah, I kept on thinking. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. It was just something about the guy's voice and the way he looked in his eyes. He didn't have to be loud for him to be threatening. Right. Um, and I mean, any kind of villain is going to be careless with people's lives and they're just not going to care and they're going to kill them anyway. So whatever. But the way he did it was with, with that, that silencer on the shotgun. That was, yeah. I've never seen that before. That was a really cool sound. Whatever that like air canister, sound. cattle prod, oh, not cattle prod, but like the thing you kill cattle with. Yeah. yeah. But, um, man. And it, it's just that, that silent Eerie, haunting, mm-hmm. dread, menacing. Yeah, dread. I mean, he was death incarnate. Yeah, it was just well, and also
0: too, it played into like I haven't seen the film since it was in theaters back in two thousand seven, so it, it was a, a fun treat for me as well. But I forgot just how strong the acting. Once again, the acting performances, like you said, like you said, there was really no soundtrack whatsoever. And a lot of the 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 scenes were just these long drawn out scenes that had a lot of clever storytelling, and not one and for, well, I guess a better way of saying it, is it had a clever um, screenplay. All the different lines of dialogue were just so well done, and that. But I mean, that's what I come to expect from a Coen Brothers film. Every Coen Brothers film just has such delicious dialogue. Right. It's just, you're just your ear, It's a, it's a treat
1: for the ears for sure. <clears throat> I just think that the. That theme of not going out of your way to help somebody was prevalent in in the movie um, from start to finish. No country for old men. It's the old men living in old times who went out of their way to do the kind thing to mm. help them out to help anybody out who was stranded on the side of the street. And nowadays, it's who can you trust, and do you risk being nice to somebody with the cost of? harm to you, Mm -hmm. potential harm to you. What's the ratio? Do I help this person out and live, or do I help this person out and maybe sacrifice myself? Um, Something simple like charging someone's battery or giving them a lift, what's the cost to you? And why should you be nice to somebody, you know? Uh, So anyway, the theme and the title kind of went hand in hand in that sense. Um, I One thing... I I I didn't care for was how uh, Tommy Lee Jones, being the sheriff, treated his deputy. Oh, and and I know it works for the film. It was just a pet peeve for me in my life because of previous employers that I have had. Some of them, uh, if I'm on the if I'm in the learning curve, and I don't know about everything entailing the job, and that's why I'm in training. Mm-hmm. Teach me. Yeah. Let me learn from you. Don't just make it obvious that the question I'm asking is stupid when I don't know the answer to that question. Right. And so the deputy was a was a nice guy. I wanted to learn, and and Tommy Lee Jones didn't really you know squish him that much, um, but he just did it enough to where it almost seemed seemed like a waste of the of the deputy's time to even ask Tommy Lee Jones what he should do or not do when um, he's trying to come to him, giving him advice and asking. Well, I him, think
0: I think that that kind of plays into just how. Experience Tommy Lee Jones character was, you know, as the old sheriff, he he had seen his fair share of different situations and stuff, whereas the deputy has not had as as many. And and as a result, you saw more of the innocence from the deputy, whereas Tommy Lee Jones was kind of questioning whether or not mankind is destined to survive or not, (laughs) which, you know, if you think about it, like a lot of people in law enforcement can have a jaded view of life, just based on their day in and day out jobs of having to deal with the unfortunate lower parts of the human condition.
1: True. But everyone's got to start from somewhere. I mean, even Tommy Lee Jones started at where the, the deputy started and grew and matured to be the, the, the trained professional that he is. Um, but you can't give up on the younger generation because just for the mere fact that they're younger and they don't know as much as you know, um,
0: and I don't think he gave up on it. Yeah, I think it had more to do with just, like, he was already troubled and stressed about this particular case. And also just, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the, it was, I, I see what you're saying.
1: But, it, yeah, it was the case that never got solved, number one. And number two, he already knew he was going to retire. He was wanting to get out of the business just to live a retired life. And so you're, he's handing the reins over to somebody who is somewhat maltrained just you know i i've been there plenty of times before it's like that's not the best decision uh-huh. you want to do if you're purposefully going to know you're you're going to retire and you want to set the person up for success not failure
0: uh-huh what did you think of the
1: um the ending of the film it ended the way the sopranos ended pretty much um I, I didn't care for it in a way. There's there there's just too many knots untied for me. There was parallels with the dreams that he had for the rest of the film. Um, but in the same respect, you had to just be okay with the villain walking away and probably killing more people. I mean, he had his money and he kinda he he killed who he had to kill yeah. in his wake. But, I mean, is that where his life ends? Because he's not normal now. He's still tweaked. He's still messed up in the head. Uh, And he's probably always going to want more money or drugs or whatever he did to get the money. Um, So that part you have to be okay with. You never saw what happened with the deputy. He just became the deputy. Um, And then Tommy Lee Jones retires, but he's always going to be worried and concerned, and a part of him is still going to be always with law enforcement, even though he's not employed as law enforcement. So we just have to be okay with that. And you never really see him, uh, you know, hand the reins over to the deputy. It's just he had a conversation with this stoic family member and about his his departure from being a sheriff. And then all of a sudden he was just retired after he saw the Llewellyn Moss Mm -hmm. lying there dead, which... I mean being a sheriff you're going to see dead people everywhere. So that I don't think that was a turning point for him. I just he just ended. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just too soon. Ah, excuse me.
0: Yeah, they had to wrap up. They they wanted to get some final points across.
1: But so, I I just mm. prefer uh I can respect the movie makers leaving it up to the viewer to come to their own conclusions. I can respect that. But in this one, I think, even though I enjoyed the film, the end left too much untied for me, and it just whatever you want to happen happened. Cool, mm-hmm. but I, I would like to see some some conclusions.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what rating would you give that film?
1: I would say, I would say three and a half. Okay, three to three and a half. Uh, I only. Because I, 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 w- I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. And I didn't enjoy it enough to have it be a four. I'm glad I saw it. I'd probably recommend it to some of my friends. Uh, it is definitely a movie worth seeing. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to go out of my way to tell people that they have to go see it. Or if it was in the theater, I don't know if I'd pay extra money to go see it in the theater either. Uh but but again I'm I'm glad I saw it and um if anybody has Amazon Prime and they're looking for a, a great flick to watch with the not with the family but <laughs> definitely not for the kids yeah uh, <laughs> but a good movie. Have the baby watching? <laughs> um but uh a good a good film a good thriller film to watch um I, right. I would definitely recommend it.
0: Yeah, that for me I love the film. That's it's definitely a film that I just i can't watch all the time because it is kind of a downer of a film but i'm just riveted every time i've watched i'm just like my goodness which you know it's only i would say i think i watched it one time when it came out on dvd back in the day when dvds were king Uh, but uh, overall i yeah it's it's definitely one of the more darker coen brothers films but to me that's okay i actually like kind of going away from what I'm used to, which is more of like the everything gets buttoned up at the end and we have a happy ending. You know, it's, it's actually kind of a Western in that way. So I, I'm I'm glad I had the opportunity to be able to sit down and watch it with you and be able to just kind of vicariously live through, through your first experience with it. So.
1: Right. I, I thought they were going to have Woody Harrelson's character. Live a little bit longer, yeah, so you can see where he came from because obviously he knew the villain, uh, kind of a, a John Wick sort of deal. Where I mean, Woody Harrelson was probably that another assassin, a little messed up in that sense, not nearly as messed up as the villain, but he knew who the villain was and he knew the dark deals to be made. Uh, just he just wasn't as twisted as hubby. Well, and I like to
0: you know, to your point about John Wick. One of the things I like about the world of John Wick is that you have this, like you said, League of Assassins. There's kind of this, this this world that they all live in. They all kind of know each other. There's a mutual... Respect. Uh, To a certain extent, there there is some, like, a mutual respect, but there's also kind of a...
1: Mutual.
0: Mutual guess. truce, I guess you could or, say. Yeah,
1: mutual lethality.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, I know you're lethal, but you know I'm lethal, too, and... In order for it to not you know, burn down into anarchy and chaos, there are certain rules that are in place. And to a certain extent, I think that No Country for Old Men had that same thing, like with Woody Harrelson's, Woody Harrelson's character talking to Javier and whatnot. Um, I unfortunately don't remember the, the actual character names in the film, but I actually liked how he wasn't in the film that long. It's things like that, that where you have a prominent actor and you think, oh, this this actor is going to be here for a large part of the film and, and to have them turn it around be like, Nope, actually he's only in there for like maybe 10 minutes. Uh, I thought that was a nice surprise as well. So. Don't be greedy. That's right. And don't bring jugs of water to dying drug dealers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he, how can you turn down $2 million, but, you know, his wife had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Llewellyn's wife. And Yeah, that was a
0: sad scene too.
1: Yeah, I mean she kinda accepted her own death, unfortunately. I'm glad they didn't show him killing her. It
0: was kind of messed up though, like when he walked out of the house and he stopped and leaned on the, the front porch post and he like checked the bottom of his shoes. You could tell to make sure there weren't wasn't any blood. Right. Yeah, I mean it was it's a tragedy of a film. It it really is. You you see these people get involved with the wrong kind of folks, and even the ones who stayed alive, like Tommy Lee Jones, you could see you could tell that like just their faith in humanity has really taken a back seat. And so just I don't know, it just it just gives me pause just to kind of reflect on some of that. Not that I've lost my own faith in humanity. I think that there's a tremendous capacity for good if I'm not being too strong in the uh Superman lore. But anyway, I think that's about all the time we have for this particular podcast. I hope that you guys all enjoyed our uh, little bantering here for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, as well as No Country for Old Men. And just to repeat ourselves once again, you can find us on Twitter at JoygasmTV. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Joygasm. You can also find us on YouTube, which is where I'm going to be um, placing our podcasts as well, just for convenience sake. And that is also Joygasm. And you can just find... um, I I think initially it's going to be a little hard to to track down, but uh, just look for our our sweet little logo there, as well as some saucy pictures of uh, Steve and me. And then uh, you'll be all set to go. So until next time, we'll see you later and happy gaming.
1: See you guys.